the Her Single Mother Story podcast. I am your host, Raynell Jones, and I'm introducing a new era of real, authentic stories from people just like you, who will you will get inspired, impacted by, and also change your view of life. I'm super duper excited today, and I cannot wait to introduce you to Diana. Now, today, if you are a business homeowner, business owner, investor, and you're in need of renovations or repairs, I have a great local company just for you. Somebody that I use personally is Jones Maintenance Contractors. They specialize in quick home terms, commercial renovations, and customer satisfaction. Jones Maintenance Contractors has been operating for over five years in business with 10 years of professional skills. Please contact them if you need anything flipped, turned, renovated, or you just invested in your business and bought a good property and would like to have everything demoed out, plumbing, electrical, drywall, you name it, they do it. You can reach them at www.jonesmaintenancecontractors.com and you can submit your estimate request through their online portal. They also could be reached at jonesmaintenancecontractor at gmail.com. Make sure you hit them up if you need something done. Now let's get into it. So today we have our guest, Diana Rojas. <laughs> she is a speaker, award-winning business owner, and certified life coach. She specializes in boundary coaching. She has 28 years in human services, a space for mitigating family crisis, and successful co-parenting. Her faith-driven work led her to train hundreds of parents in the family reunification process, and most importantly, prompt her to launch her Pittsburgh-based coaching company, Treasure You. Okay, make sure you guys check her out. Now, Deanna also specializes in helping working mothers balance their careers and family life while achieving clarity and peace of mind through boundary work. Wow. Let's get started. Welcome, Deanna. Hey, Raynell. Thank you for having me. I'm so honored and excited and happy to be a part of this. Yes, I'm super excited to have you. Um, now, if you all don't know, me and Deanna had connected through social media. She yep. saw the good things I was doing, and she reached out to me, and we just clicked. Like, you know how a sister see another sister winning, and they want to help collaborate and do something? Yep. I mean, Deanna collaborated with me and helped me out so much. I could not be more thankful. Um, so I'm really happy to have her on here. And ladies, I can't say if you connect with her, it's going to be nothing but goodness. So I want to get her on here, y'all, because she is very inspiring. Now, I'm going to ask you, Deanna, because I uh -huh. know the world wants to know how I know you have children, right? Yeah. Yes. And um, now, how old were you when you had your first child? So as my daughter so nicely put it a few years ago, technically I was 18 when I got pregnant. I turned 19 later, a few months later, but and then I had her at 19, but I turned 20 the year later <laughs> in that year. So I was like that whole early adult year, I was went from pregnancy to actually becoming a mom. 
Oh, okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that 18, I remember that year because I remember when I first got pregnant, I was 19 years old. Mm-hmm. I was a freshman in college. I was trying to figure out life. And let me tell you, that life hit me like a ton of bricks. Ooh. And yes. I don't yes. know, headaches and all. Headaches and all. <laughs> yeah, like I don't know if you experienced that struggle, but that's where I experienced my first life struggle when I was a single mom you know I remember you know not knowing how to budget and I was still getting wick but wick wasn't you know giving me enough and I still had bad milk and then like I was struggling with bills and I remember you know at one point in time my lights being cut off oh my gosh it was just like one of those things that helped you grow as a person and I think was the biggest thing that really helped me grow into womanhood was you know me being that first time mom me getting out of a bad domestic relationship and Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. big girl panties and I just remember being a freshman in college at 19 trying to figure it out because you know girl what they tell us get to college and you'll make it you know (laughs) I I I too I had started I had started at CCAC so I was working because I always I, I, I've been working since I was 13. So I always like once I got my first check, I always like to have some cash, the ability to make my own money. So I decided to do a lot of my friends on the way. I stayed home, but I was working and, and, and attending CCAC. And then yeah. we found out I'm pregnant. And, and my daughter's father, he was a, a PSU student. So he was up at Penn State, Maine. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, um, it was like a ton of bricks. And just a little bit of my backstory, my my mom was a missionary and my dad was a deacon in the Church of God in Christ. So not only Ooh, I, had, I had that backdrop, right? And then I'm the firstborn. Mm-hmm. And so it was a lot of pressure. And it was just like, mm-hmm. um, I, I had a lot of support financially. But I didn't have the emotional support right. and just not being ready. Like, I mean, you're a kid at 19, 18, so you don't know what you want. And you're faced with having this child. And I shared with my daughter later in life when I knew, you know, appropriate timing. But even within our faith, you know, abortion was not a discussion. You may, you know, the old quote, you make your bed, you lie in it. Yeah. And I tell you what. But the thought came to my mind because I was like, oh, shoot. Oh, crap. I can't have this child. What am I going to do with this baby? Um, and so I thought about it. Mm-hmm. And then I lied to you not. Um, it was I was crying one day in my room. I just felt horrible. I got home from work and the thought just came to me. You have the support you need and you were you're older than your mom was. And my, my mom had me, she was pregnant at 15, had me at 16. So we had a history in our family of women having babies young. My mom's prayer was just that her, her girls got out of school. Right. Like it, that was, right. so the fact that I was able to graduate high school, she was just happy with that, you know. Um, but yeah, it, it took a toll on me emotionally having my daughter um, that young, um, because it, it just, I felt like a failure. I felt like I had nothing to offer her, mm-hmm. you know, what, what can I do with the baby when I'm still learning how to take care of myself? So it was, it was hard. And then that whole piece 
with um, being in the church and, you know, you would think people would be more supportive, but now people, my family was, but people around us, it was kind of, I felt um, isolated, not everybody, but some people that I thought would have been more supportive. They were like telling their young adult kids, like, you know, like as if I had to play, you know, be careful. Uh -huh. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, it, it was, it was an interesting time. Yeah. Um, but then she was born. So this happened during pregnancy, but then she was born. And the real work had to start happening. And um, it, it, when she was born, the healing began. Yeah. Because my dad didn't talk to me for a whole, the whole pregnancy. Like he didn't have nothing to say. He was just like, he was so disappointed and so hurt. And that was heavy, like to live under somebody's roof. You know, I felt like, okay, I, maybe I should move somewhere or maybe he and I should move in together. But then in the back of my mind, I was like, I don't have nothing to move with. Right. You know what I mean? So some, it was it was a level of wisdom that I didn't even realize I was actually um, tapping into because um, only God knows what we would have been through had I moved out. Um, but it was hard. Emotionally, it was hard. It was very, very hard. Um, but I had her. She was three weeks early. Um, and she was like five pounds, 10 ounces. Okay. Wow. That's, yeah. My daughter was five, eight. That's so crazy. Okay. It's crazy. It's crazy. And, and um, I, you know, I just shared a post today on Facebook. Like, she made me into the person I am today. Like you said, you know, you grow up real quickly being responsible for another wife. Yes. And can I just say, it's always that firstborn that's your rider. You mm -hmm. know? And we say that because your firstborn was riding with you when it was the lowest time. And anybody out here who's listening, I know you got that firstborn who you made all your mistakes with, mm -hmm. probably left in the car for two minutes just so you could run in the store, or who you probably, oh my gosh, I made the milk too hot or burned your mouth. Like, you know, or you was experiencing homelessness or you was experiencing depression and you was still moving yep. with your child in silence, you know, that <laughs> mental struggle is yep. what hurts a lot of moms and i don't think that a lot of moms realize that and they're they're bashed for that for not being strong you know coming from where we come from like you said coming up in the church it makes you feel like if i act weak i'm not a strong woman or if yeah. i say i'm hurting then you 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 wanted this baby you know right um, and it's not fear. And I want, and, and, and becoming in this new era now, I like the fact that women are able to express when yes. they are going through a struggle mentally, even having their first kid at a young age. A lot right. of the support we should have had back then, we didn't. And yeah. I, don't, I don't think that it was our parents or grandparents' fault. It's just the way mm -hmm. they were raised. They didn't have the language, right? So we didn't have the language. Like you, 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 you know, you figure we know now that that the human brain is still developing, right? When you're 18, 19, 20. Like I said, my mom had me at sixteen, mm -hmm. so she, you know, you're still developing just physiologically, let alone emotionally. And so they didn't have the language. Um, mm -hmm. it, it it took time 
to understand that, that, because uh, as a kid, you don't know, you know, my daughter is a kid, she just knows, she just remembers what I wasn't there for, but, um, but recognizing it now, she's a full adult woman, she's a mother herself, she may be a grandma, um, she understands now that, you know, there's a lot going on in that parenting as a single parent, like you're, right. you're trying to navigate all these different relationships and your support system. You're trying to make sure you're building up a safe support system. Um, you're pressuring yourself, you know, and, and at the same time, you're trying to learn a language of what your feelings are. Mm -hmm. So you're, you're trying to raise a child and teach them things at the same time. If you are a young adult, you're still a kid. As far as I'm concerned, you're still a child, you're, but you're experiencing some more adult like life events and you're trying to connect language to what you're feeling that you do just don't have I didn't I just kept saying I was angry right you know but it, it was depression right you know feeling um not purposeful unfulfilled um back then only one other friend of mine had a kid everybody else was in college you know so so that was it wasn't as common as it is now, we don't, there's only a couple of us with kids. So you feel isolated too. Right. You feel like you're just on this little island by yourself and you feel like you're more growner than your friends. Yeah. It's like, girl, I'm over here paying bills, struggling, trying to figure out how I'm going to pay the light bill. And you weren't about what party y'all going to ask questions or what y'all doing down there. I got a whole nother stress. And oh, it makes you block out anything. You miss out on so much in your 20s. Mm -hmm. And I know because we had our kids around the same age, you feel like half your 20s was missed, but we also still threw in times where we wanted to have fun, but still felt guilty and still had to jump back in reality. And yep. then still find ourselves, you know, going through relationships, trying to figure that out, trying to figure out who we are as women and trying to be a mother, a provider, and also, you know, being successful. And anybody listening that's going through that right now, that's normal. That's normal. very normal. Life is very yeah. normal. And and like you said, they didn't have the language, but now you have the language. Like mm -hmm. you know, this that listening, if you riding in your car right now, listening to with the kids, this is the moment where you see that you're not the only one going through this issue. If this yeah. is your first child or your second child, you know, you're able to maneuver in life and find relationships, you know. I always say relationships fall in your lap. You know, you don't never go looking for love. You ever see people on them shows and they be like, I'm trying to find someone to love me, but ain't nobody going to want nobody with no kids. Ain't nobody going to want nobody that got a kid. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And to me, that's not true. Like, you know, I'm like, you know, I've met somebody, you know, I've, uh, I've been with my fiance now for 12 years, you know, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. I say it like he fell in my lap. You know what I'm saying? Even though well, you, I was a kid, I feel like he fell in my lap, you know? But, but you probably, I'm going to go on the assumption that you did the work. Because here's the thing, you don't, the, what I find the challenge is we want things that we're not really ready for at the time. Right. 
And so sometimes not having that, everybody wants companionship. And let's be real, who wants to partner with somebody with raising that child? Depending on the type of relationship you have with the biological parent, Mm -hmm. if it's not the most civil experience, it is a heavy load to try to um, foster relationships and try to build in some type of um, partnership with people. Um, I didn't, I, I was a single parent I was a single mom until I got married when my daughter was 11. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I met my husband when she was seven. Okay. And um, I dated some other people. Matter of fact, he was my third engagement. So I'm going to say to you ladies, it's not hard to find someone to propose to you. But for me, I needed to make sure I was going into this partnership, this family life with someone who really wanted to love my child as their own and partner with me because that's who she lived with. So I couldn't have this thing where she felt like an outsider or there was some differences made if we had additional children, which we end up doing. Um, we, it had to be, for me, it had to feel like a family because that's what I grew up with and that's what I wanted her to have. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, that's what I was open to. So I wrote it down in my prayer journal. I wrote down, I did not write down his bank account amount. I did not write down what type of call he needed. I did not write down how much money he needed in his bank. I went to um, some character things, hardworking, family oriented, able to love my daughter as his own, um, creative, humorous, um, a, um, a faith in, uh, in God. Um, uh, there was a couple other things I put down and I did mention some physical things too, but that was the, like down on the list, the things that were, cause the physical, you get in an accident, something happened, you know, things happen and those things change, you know? So I was like, the, anything can happen with the economy, the, those tangible things change, but the heart of a man is what mattered to me. Cause that's who I got a partner with. So when I met my husband, um, that was my thought because I had dated other people and it just wasn't, you know, some of the guys were nice guys. It just wasn't connecting for me. And I'm like, I can't see this person as a partner in parenting with me. I already have my family. My family's here and I'm not going to sacrifice my daughter's happiness. Right. I'm going to be a parent for life. Right. Right. So I'm like, not that I'm, not that I'm stuffing down what I need, but what I needed was to incorporate what worked for both of us because she was my responsibility. And like you said, we, girl, we, we came in, um, I took a salsa dancing class lesson because of my sister told me to. Hey. We, we were going to different clubs in the, in the city because it was a traveling salsa club back then. And I met my husband out dancing. Mm. We didn't even speak the same language. What? Okay, so wait, tell me a little bit about what you mean y'all speak the same language now? Because my husband's not African American. He's oh. he's now Mexican American, but he's a Mexican national. So my husband's Mexican. Oh well, so T, tell me about how, so the, that's how, where that's where the Rojas Orta comes in. That is that is not my family name. That's it. So how is it they in a Mexican that you didn't speak the same language? I don't, well, listen, here's the, this is, this is where I, I consider it in a, a divine appointment, honest to goodness, because we dated a whole year. 
<laughs> Let me just say this: we weren't sitting there stumbling over things because he he has a he had a command of some things. Um, I didn't know any Spanish, but I didn't really need to because he's here, right? So he so he he was able to the, the conversations were were conversational and basic so we weren't getting into like heavy topics and stuff and the first year we were just having fun going out dancing we're talking about different things you know we're, we're learning about each other i have a daughter you know he, he had found out that i found out he didn't have any kids you know about his family life um back in mexico how he grew up he grew up outside of mexico city and so um now let me just say, you know how we, you know how black people is. We be like, yes. you know, Mexicans is crazy, girl. You better watch. Listen, listen. If you have that thought, like, now let me, let, let me. <laughs> I have. Well, here's the thing. Seriously, Renee, I had no point of reference because it where we grew up, it was black and white. Like, if anything, my dad would be like, watch this neighborhood because you know, you know how white people can be. This that. It was never any other races like i never thought about and he was the first okay. he's the first latino i ever met okay and so i had no point of reference now he had a point of reference concerning us what? and americans in general but it wasn't necessarily negative but it was definitely pop culture so like back then tupac was big so like um, it was so funny because he was dating and you know, he put like, he came the one day we went out and he had like a Tupac shirt on. I was like, well, at this point, we're late 20s. I'm like, I, I'm, I don't, I don't, well, we, we're going somewhere. You don't got to wear a Tupac shirt. You know what I mean? Oh, I, I see. I see. <laughs> I'm like, that's going to translate a little bit different. And, and that might bring certain attention that we don't necessarily need brought to us. Um, but no it was it was just crazy like even sometimes now we're, we're going on 18 years married that'll be 22 years together this year and we're like most people will say to us like how how did y'all even meet in pittsburgh like where <laughs> where are mexican people at in pittsburgh and you were able to meet somebody who was mexican back then and um because you didn't have like the the explosion over like a beach view in that area that wasn't like that then and so um so yeah we just met and we we just digged each other and we just um just kept growing closer um together he was a lot of fun um now i will say this there was a lot of misunderstandings that transpired in that um because my sass and sarcasm he wasn't sure how to interpret that yeah and then um for him um for me it was here's the crazy part and i want to just encourage women with this we'll say things like we want a man to pay us attention and we want a man of this that and the other but then when we get because we have poor dating practices when someone does pay us attention then they're getting on our nerves yeah because so my like, dating practices was trash trash girl trash. <laughs> i was used to like okay i knew you know we're working or whatever so you know we'll, we'll meet up after hours on friday or something or sad like it was you know it wasn't um someone really wanting to have fun and explore new things with you you know and, and see new right. things and so when i meet when i met him and he had that type of life in him i was like why don't he just i mean let's just do let's rent a movie 
you know, or less, it was kind of like I was used to a certain way that things had to go. And so it was, it was, I never forget. I, he said to me, um, what did he say? Uh, oh, I kept saying, I said, why do you always ask me? What do I think about this, that, and the other? He was like, because I respect you. I want to know your thoughts. Wow. And when he said that, that let me know that, okay, I've never been, I'm, the fact that it was not normal for someone to ask me what I thought. Exactly. Can I, can, can I pause you real quick? Catch sure. that woman. He asked her her thoughts because he respected her. He wanted to know how to respect her. And you rarely get men that even care about mm -hmm. your thoughts, how you feel, what you feel is disrespectful. So catch, catch that. Catch that now. I just had to say that, girl. That was good. It, it was, it was, it was, it felt weird. And it felt like, it felt, to be honest, transparent, it felt a little weak. I'm like, well, what do you think? Like, what do you want to do? Because for me, I was used to someone just saying what they were going to do. Right. And, and what would happen typically, if I didn't like it, then we would just argue about it. Right. But I didn't know how to have a, an adult discussion about it. Communicate. I didn't know how to communicate. Yeah. So it was, it was like my first real adult type of experience where someone was kind of like, he was able to be vulnerable in front of me. Like, I respect this about you. I think you're intelligent and I would like to know what you thought about this. And so, um, yeah, so we, you know, we, 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 tra we traverse through, um, uh, because interracial dating is not easy. It's not for the faint of heart. Um, you do have a lot of, there's a lot of, I will say this, there's a lot of grace. I think both parties give each other because, um, there, there's not that understanding or knowledge to, to go from, you know, dating someone from your, from your community. Some things are just known. And, you know, for us, we had to learn that about each other mm -hmm. and then we had to figure out our own dance between each other, you right. know? And that is a very, see, what she just educated you all on was not only dating as a single mother, not only developing a, re, a new relationship with someone who is not the same race, but learning how to communicate and growing together into the relationship. She not only explained to you all the ups and downs, but she explained to you how to navigate through it and if you caught it you caught it you can always catch it on replay but diona that was a great way to explain how you navigated through you all's ups and downs because i remember you saying that at 37 you were diagnosed with multiple sclerosis mm -hmm. How was that for you and your relationship? And how was it for you mentally as a mom or just as a woman, period? Like, how did you navigate through that? So um, first, let me just say, ladies, please, if you haven't been staying up on your health appointments, please make sure you make all preventative health appointments. So your, your yearly checkups and your mammograms for those who are of age. Um, because what happened was, my mother, we almost lost her at 52. She had an aneurysm. Her, my grandmother died at 42 from it. So her neurosurgeon recommended that to make sure there wasn't a genetic factor that we get um, tested. Mm -hmm. 
Right. So I had to go have an MRI, MRA. And so I just went and I'm thinking we're checking for weak uh, blood vessels and, and things like that. And um, I get a call and I remember we were about to head out, I think to church or something. And I get a call from my doctor's office and she said, well, Deanna, I'm going to need you to come in. Um, we got to get a plan together because some markers came up on your MRI, MRA. So I was calm at first and she started naming all these things. She said, we got to rule out Lyme disease, lupus, um, rheumatoid arthritis and MS. And I said, okay. And so she gave me some numbers to call. I go um, the next day, I call to make the appointments. But that night, I just like saw, I pulled myself together because the kids were little. The boys were probably, uh, I don't know, they were probably like five and three. Aww. They were little boys, um, so, which would have made, because my daughter's 12 years older than the oldest boy. So she would have been like 17. And so I'm sobbing, but I'm like, pull myself together. I call, make my appointment. And then we did a battery of tests and it was confirmed um, that I had MS. And so I have lesions on my brain and on my, um, down, up and down my spine. Um, and so I didn't realize, like I had like numbness in my hands and stuff, but I just thought maybe it was just, I fell asleep funny on my arm or something, but nothing ever impacted my ability to work or do anything. Um, so it was hard hearing it. Um, my husband was terrified because he, he suffered a lot of loss in his family life. Um, his mother died when he was 17. Um, she had um, diabetes that kind of ravaged his whole family. And then uh, maybe a year after we met, his father passed um, from um, emphysema. And so, um, so he, you know, to have a, a loved one sick, it was hard for him. And that was probably really challenging for us because I'm in shock. He's in shock and he's fearful. Um, my daughter, my rider, as you put, as you put it, she was there. And so, um, we just came together as a family though. The nurse came in, trained them how to uh, give me my shots. Um, cause I knew I couldn't give myself a shot. And I was on the medicine for maybe nine months, but I lied to you not, I've never felt so sick in my life taking this medicine. Wow. My kidneys were bothering me. I would get like a really bad flu, like, like where I would just shut down for a day. Mm. I started getting allergies. Of, I love um, shellfish. Couldn't eat shellfish anymore, develop an allergy from that. And so um, I just went back to my neurologist and said, I just can't do it. And that's where God met me, where my faith grew. Because I, I told him, I said, I prayed about it. I talked to my husband. Yes. And this is not a disease that you have a cure for. So I'm not going to kill the rest of my body when nothing really was happening to me before. Like, you're telling me to take this medicine just in case. But I'm telling you, it's breaking my body down. Right. So that's when I learned how to advocate for myself and how to stand up for what I felt was best for me. And so when I did that, what I did was um, I, I took myself off the medicine and I've been medicine free since then. Um, I just watched my body. I stay in contact with my medical professionals when, when things, you know, when necessary. Um, but it took, I think we were all in shock and over time, um, We've had conversations. Um, there's been times where, you know, I've cried with him or, or to him. And there's times when I've been um, nervous 
you know, because maybe, you know, I couldn't swallow and I'm in the middle of eating and I just can't get my food down um, or something would happen. Um, and so he's just been, he's just been there for me in that space of, um, we use the language of we're a team. Now, of course, teammates fight. I don't want the, I don't want the listeners to think everything's rosy. Let me tell you something. I was just about to ask you. I would say, let me tell you something, because I know I have mental I'm a mental health. No, I don't got no mental health issues. So don't yeah. ever get it twisted. Right. <laughs> I have health issues as well. And you know, me and Donna will have our spats. Like, you know, we fight over something stupid. But mm-hmm. let me tell you, if I don't feel good, the fight never happened. Well, it and that's never happened and that's where that teamwork coming at and that's where it's at that exactly everybody knows like if mom needs her space they give me my space and that's just kind of what it is and don't just kind of mom you're okay you know is everything all right um for me the way ms attacks my body is more so fatigue so i've watched how much stress i have how high my stress level is um but yeah you know like you said, we can argue, we just argue, but I'm not feeling well. We know everything has to cease and desist. All hands on deck, what's needed. Even if it's just a quiet room, I just need you to give me space. But I'm. this is why, ladies, I didn't write down the bank account. The bank account, not that you don't need, you want someone that can provide and can meet you and, and you can build together. So you want someone yeah. with resources. But you can have someone that's fine as hell, resources and everything, and something like you get a diagnosis and they disappear. They disappear, so, fly like so. All those men y'all think is cute, hot banker, businessman, drug yeah. dealer, whatever y'all think he is. If he can't be there for you in your <laughs> time of need, where you weak at the knees. Don't get it twisted. Money is not always everything when it comes to a man. Trust right. me. Trust me. You wanna you want a builder. You want you want a builder. You want someone who, who will help protect your peace. Um, but if you don't if you don't know how to do it for yourself, it's gonna be hard for you to notice that in someone else. You're not gonna notice a quality that you haven't worked on for yourself exactly you want to you want to watch out for that because there's a lot and that's not to take away from the gentlemen that are doing well in life i'm just saying be mindful of what's most important to you so you know jot down what's most important for you what's most important for you that gives you peace at the end of your day my thought was okay i do desire to be married when i was single but if i'm gonna be in a marriage and that marriage feels like i'm single still that's a problem for me so what would help me not still feel like i'm alone in a marriage Right. And those are the things I wrote down. Yes. Yes. And just hearing how you overcame that space really is just mind shifting for anybody that has multiple sclerosis, anybody that has a medical problem and you're not very public about it, but you're going through the, and you're in this, in your household, or you have what we talked about. You in a relationship and you feel single because every time you get sick, your significant other's not there. I'm not yeah. telling you to lead that man. Mm-hmm. I'm not telling you to, 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 to be, you know, but I want you all to know, you got to know your worth. Yep. And you got to understand, am I worth having somebody care for me or am I worth 
having somebody just uh, take care of me financially and sexually and not really emotionally, not really, you know, mentally. You can have a man and have kids and, and, and not still be mentally happy and satisfied. You know, a relationship is about more than that, you know, and I think that that's why I really admire Deanna because not only was she going through all that, but she also, I feel like you discovered yourself as a woman and you discovered what you really wanted to do in life. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I want to know how did you, how, how did you come to the space where you're like, you know, I want to do treasure you because this is my passion. Like I, I want to do this because I feel like this is my calling to reach into the souls and help families navigate together and build together. Tell me like, how did that come about going through all of that and still finding yourself as a woman, still, you know, being a mom and going through parenthood and all of this stuff. Tell, I, I want the woman to know how you got to treasure you. So, Treasure You was always in me. And so I was, so I like to say it like I have, I keep all, I keep a prayer journal. I have a couple of different ones Mm -hmm. and um, different type of journals. I have a prayer journal, one for business, one for just dreams, goals. Um, But um, uh, Treasure You was written in my 1999 prayer journal. It, It didn't have a name. It didn't have a name though. And so the way I see it is that life has been my training ground. So me being uh, the child of teenage parents, me being a a young teen parent, older teen parent myself, single motherhood, working 20 plus years in the human service field with families. um, That was all... um, that was all because uh, what I didn't say is that I, I didn't go back to school. I went back and got finished at least my associates. Um, I think I was like 30 something, mid 30s. I'm like 12 credits shy from my bachelor's now. Um, Same here. I dropped out of college four times. Yeah. So, but I feel like God used every bit of those experiences to kind of train me um, experientially for the women that I was going to be working with, with Treasury U. So he gave me the outline and like the blueprint for it, but my training ground between professional and personal, like lived experience brought me to Treasury U. And, and I named it Treasury U because I was, I wrote down a couple different names and I was thinking to myself, like, what is it? It's the fact that we don't feel treasured or valued or loved. And so most spaces I feel that we as women struggle in, we either have very rigid boundaries or they're very porous, um, which means they'll go, you know, they'll go whatever boundary someone else has, that sounds like what I'll do. We're not very sure of ourselves. Okay. But a, but a healthy boundary is what's needed. It's, you know, rigid is like can't no one break down those walls because there's been so much hurt or trauma. And <clears throat> so the idea was, you know, I, I'm a firm believer that our influence is so powerful as mothers, as women. We can we have the air of many people, even our haters, we have the air of we are able, we have the power to influence. But if you're not confident in that power, 
And if you're not confident that you have it, then you're either not going to wield it the right way or you're not going to wield it at all. You're not going to fight at all. And so when you establish healthy boundaries, it makes it easier for you to fight. My journey with MS helped me practice in spaces to speak to people that I thought had certain authority or certain experts. It gave me the confidence to, to speak on behalf. So I was already doing that in my parenting, right? Because as a single parent, as a parent in general, as a mom, you have to advocate for your child. And so it's easy to advocate for others. But when I started having my own health struggles, I learned to advocate for myself. And so I just felt like all of that culminated to, okay, God, I'm tired of working for other people. I'm tired of working other people's mission. Is you know, I want to step out on my own. And really what happened was my husband went full-time with his business. This is going on year five. And when he went full time and helping him set up some things, I thought, if I'm helping him set up some things, I could set do my own thing now. Exactly. And so my goal was by age 50 to be in business for myself. So this year, last year, I launched January last year, and I turned 48 um, in September. So um, I'll be not this year, but next year, I'll be 50, 2023. And so my goal was, you know, you don't wait till you're 50 to do it. If that's your date, that's your goal, you start those steps early. So I had the pandemic was helpful in that because I had time to do it. And God has just really been blessing. Like I, I've been running my Facebook group. Um, I'm about to collaborate with some different workshops with folks. Um, but I just feel like we have to tap into that power and understand that life doesn't stop because you became a mom nice. and life isn't over. If you're experiencing single parenthood, it really is not over. Your life is not over. And someone does love you, Yes, but you want to love yourself appropriately so that you can receive the love well, and that you'll be able to give the love back well. Yes. And, and I think that is so and what's the name of your Facebook group? It's Pause, Reflect, and Take Action. Pause, Reflect, and Take Action, y'all. If y'all are not in tune with her Facebook group, make sure y'all join her Facebook group. If you do not uh, follow Deanna, make sure you friend request her and follow her. Yes. That way, you know, you stay up to date on her announcements. Um, stay up to date on different things that she has going on. And I didn't catch the name. What was it? What was your husband's name? Felipe. Felipe. Oh, Felipe. you know, <laughs> straight up Mexican girl. Yes. Straight yes. up. Straight yes. up. In yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Straight, straight up. Um, uh, it's so funny because we have um, our two boys. We have, so my daughter, so our daughter Ashley. So it was funny. This was cute. When we were getting married, she would call him Mr. Philip because Felipe is Philip in Spanish. And so when she met him, he was Mr. Philip. So when we got married, we just we didn't force her to. We just said, you know, would you like to call him something else? And my daughter's always had a relationship with her father. And so her father, you know, that's her daddy. That's her dad. And so we thought about it. And that even worked out beautifully because she calls him poppy that's her poppy uh -huh. so he's always when we got married he became poppy and so if i felt good about that because the kids it wasn't like you know our sons don't call him poppy they just call him dad they don't yeah. we're, we're an english-speaking home but um 
but it gave it gave them a level of intimacy in their relationship where she didn't have to feel like other right, right. so he's daddy to everyone um but yeah we got two little mexican what well, not little her young men two, two mexican young men felipe josue and gabriel mexican. you said mexican black and mexican black i heard that term y'all mexican <laughs> Lexican, honey, they is. I'm Lexican. I'm Lexican. You think this? Oh yeah, I'm Lexican. I like that. Two Lexicans. Oh, see, I've really got a lot out of this chat. Like you know, Deanna, I know if you inspired me and just raised my intuition, as in being a mom going through health issues and biracial dating, like this was <laughs> an episode of wow. Right. you know like it was just a whole episode of goodness like different things you you know talking to different women and meeting different women and hearing stories it helps relate to someone else who's who might be having the same situation like yes. I, I feel like with all of your success like you know you everything you were going through you know you uh received multiple awards you received the 2018 woman of excellence award Yes, yes. 18 the onyx emerging leader award you know and you and your husband are doing good you know i know you and your husband contributed to anthology and martial code and oneness mm -hmm. openly discuss blended family well navigating the u.s immigration you know that's six that's a whole nother segment that that was a whole <laughs> that is success you yes. are very successful and not only that you're doing it because you love it. It's a passion. Yes. Helping mm -hmm. families and keeping everyone together and helping them set those boundaries and manage their mental health and physicalness and all of that is something that every woman needs. So if you're a mom, like I said, and you are not following Deanna, you have no idea who Deanna is, what she do, what she got going on. Deanna is absolutely amazing. And treasure you. you is an amazing treasure you is amazing so you guys make sure y'all link up with diana please do girl please do girl a hundred pearls y'all gotta <laughs> y'all <laughs> gotta get with her um i honestly think that this this was a game-changing podcast for me because a lot of women that i do interview they don't have these different um experiences you know they don't have these different experiences with you know trying to navigate with ms and dating someone that's not african-american yes. and being vulnerable and having a dad that was like you know into the church and parents that were you know that's a lot of weight on you and i think treasure you um is something that all women need to get involved in, you know, and if you're not involved with Treasure You, you can email Deanna at yeah. D Rojas, that's D-R-O-J-A-S at treasureyou.life or mm -hmm. visit her website at www.treasureyou.life. And Deanna, do you have any other ways they can reach you? Um, those would be the best way. And I would I would recommend to anyone to because the one thing about coaching, um, coaching could be expensive. Mm -hmm. Um, and so what I'm doing through my Facebook group is I am it's a it's a group coaching format where you're not charged anything. Mm 
So it's affordable for that working mom because coaching can be expensive. So I'm bringing experts in to talk and there's some um, activities that we go through. So that would be the, I would recommend the Facebook group um, because I think you would get the most value from that. Okay. Can you say the Facebook group? Yes. So it's, it's pause, reflect, and take action. Okay. Pause, reflect, and take action, y'all. Pause, reflect, and take action. Y'all got here. Pause, reflect on yourself, and take that action to join the group. Thank you Absolutely. so much, Deanna, for coming no and with us. And all Thank of you for having me. Oh, you're welcome. Excited! Like this podcast is so amazing, y'all. Make sure y'all share this on your Instagram. Share it on your feed. Make sure you tell your girl who you think need to hear this word about it. Again, this is Raynell Jones. Follow me on Instagram to get updated on our newest episodes, or you can email us at the Alignment Chapter. That's with two L's at gmail.com to be a part of our podcast if you have any questions anonymous questions we are taking any anonymous questions that you have that you want us to read on air and answer for you to help you out through a situation if you got a girlfriend who you don't want to shave but you need an answer and you want to know what you should do about a situation or a man he ain't acting right you want to know if you need to leave his dog behind somewhere in the dirt if you got a family issue you like I'm ready to kill my my cousin how do i get through this make sure y'all email us your questions so we can answer them live on air and again if you're a single mom in need of help please also visit the alignment chapter that's with two l.org um, and fill out that emergency application the reason why we do this podcast and we do what we do is to impact inspire and help single mothers in need Anything that we get for the podcast automatically goes through a donation pool to any mother that needs anything in our support emergency-wise. And again, right now, Jones, thank you all for tuning in to the Her Single Mother Story series. I can't wait to chat with y'all again. Y'all have a good day, y'all.